Welcome to the Business Tune-Up, the podcast that'll help you find your business spark. You'll hear great stories, learn quick tips, tools, and ideas from two top-tier business coaches that each bring their own experiences and perspectives. Candice and Jim are both passionate about what they do and share the same goal to bring value, inspire, and help each client they work with reach their full potential. This podcast gives you business insights through genuine, authentic, and fun conversations. Here are Candice Eckstein and Jim Cummings. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Hey, Candice. It's going great. How are you doing? It's good. It's, uh, I can't believe we're sitting here in the middle of September. We took about a month off during, during the summer to enjoy the sunshine. And I'm not sure where that month came and went, but it's great to be sitting here again with you. Although when I say sitting here with you, I mean through a screen as we're still navigating through the pandemic. We're, we're not meeting live yet. So we will just give our listeners that heads up and hope that the sound quality is, is still clear. Yeah, you you did some uh, traveling this summer, didn't you? I was fortunate enough to go visit some clients, so I did a bit of a road trip across some parts of Ontario, and it was just nice to be in the car and see a little bit of different scenery and and get to meet face to face with with people again. And as did you, you did some fun traveling this summer too. Oh, I sure did. Uh, my wife Lisa and I did uh, Lisa and Jim's excellent adventure across Canada. Uh, we drove almost 12,000 kilometers in our motorhome and literally drove the tires right off of it. When we got to BC, yeah. we had to replace the tires because one of them burst on us. So, but, uh, oh, it was an amazing uh, trip and we got to see the country. Uh, yeah. It's a big country we live in. Holy yeah. cow. Even, I mean, just Ontario, people don't, I don't think most people have any clue just how big Ontario is. So, uh, and if you like rocks and trees and lakes, you're going to love Ontario because <laughs> there's lots of all of those. Wow, what, a, yeah. what an awesome opportunity that you guys were able to do that and the weather cooperated and just after the year and a half that we've had the opportunity to get out and, and do something like that is really good for our mental health too. So right. good for you guys. So tell us what our topic is today, and uh, and we have an exciting guest as well. We have an awesome guest today. So this is super, super exciting. This is our second guest. And so this is going to be a huge value add podcast today. We've got Stacey Hall here from Reach Local, who is a digital marketing expert. She works predominantly within the Ottawa area, supporting small to medium businesses here, but she also supports clients throughout Canada. And really her her goal and objective is to help them increase their online presence and visibility. So if I could create a hashtag for Stacey, I'd probably say hashtag social media queen. She is absolutely the go-to person for everything and anything social media, digital marketing related. And so this is really going to be an important topic to cover for our leaders and business owners. And we're going to not make any assumptions that everybody has digital marketing presence and knows what to do. So we're going to dial it back. We're going to start at the beginning and um, we'll then share Stacy's information towards the end of the podcast. So if you want to reach out to her directly and have any additional questions, then you'll absolutely be able to do so. So welcome, Stacy. Welcome, Stacy. Thanks, guys. Hey, Jim. Hey, Candice. Thank you so much hey. for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
Oh, it's it's really great to have you. And and uh, as as Candy said, this is an awesome topic because so many business owners are kind of at sea when it comes to how to market their small to medium size enterprise. It's the 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 whole landscape has changed so much in recent years that it's almost mind-boggling the options that are available. So hopefully you're going to sort of uh, take us through some of this and simplify it for us. Yeah, so before we dive into the nitty-gritty, let's let's give you an opportunity to share a little bit about you and how you've landed in this profession. So if you wouldn't mind, just take a few minutes and share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, it was kind of a long journey. I actually went to school for kinesiology, thinking I was going to go into health sciences or something of that uh, nature. But I did love sports growing up. So I ended up starting my career with the Ottawa Senators in the ticket sales department. I worked in B2B sales and group sales and loved it. I grew up a huge fan of the team, a huge sports fan in general. So it was really cool to see things from behind the scenes and work in the industry that I loved. Um, I was there for about four years and I had always been interested in, in the marketing side of sales as well. So although I do love sales, I did love marketing probably a little bit more. So when I, when I found out that uh, Reach Local was hiring in, uh, in the Ottawa area and they were focused more on the digital marketing side of advertising, I, I was really intrigued. And I was lucky enough to uh, have the opportunity to join the Ottawa team. Uh, I've been there for about four years now, which seems crazy. It's just flown mm-hmm. by. My job is to connect with local businesses and help them develop or grow their online presence and online marketing strategies so they can stand out from their competition and generate more leads. I work with a lot of clients in the Ottawa area, like you mentioned, also several across Canada, mostly in the home services verticals, as well as automotive, catering, resorts, anyone who needs help promoting themselves and their business, really. Well, listen, it's um, it's an absolute pleasure, as Jim said, to have you here today. It's it's such an important topic. I know we're going to talk about COVID towards the end of the podcast, but I will just briefly mention that one of the things that we, no matter what vertical or industry or the size of your organization is or where you're geographically located, the importance of online presence and utilizing technology has become so much more aware in the last year and a half since we've been limited to the in-person availability and option. And so, as I said, let's come back to that at the end. Let's really start with the basics. And so if you could share with us just the basics of online presence for a business and why it's important and where does somebody even start? There's businesses out there that have never utilized services that you offer and don't fully, I think, understand the full spectrum of of what it can do for the business. You and I are fortunate to support a number of clients together. So I've seen the huge value add, which happy to share as we go through the podcast as well. But let's start really from the basics. And so walk us through what is a business journey? What is a business owner looking for? What does that customer journey look like? And where should they start? Yeah. So great question. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a big question. So for a business to really have a good online presence now, they have to make sure that they're able to be seen in a variety of different spots online. So I would say first and foremost, you need a website and you need a, a website that's mobile friendly, customer friendly, easy to navigate, has all the prominent business information on it. 
you know, in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you're in trouble. So I would say that's in step one, establishing a website, um, making sure people who are searching for you can find you. Also, Google My Business listings are incredibly important. So this is a free listing that Google offers. You just hop onto Google, you you search for create my free Google My Business listing and, and set up your own account. They'll send you a postcard, which will verify your business address. And you're able to enter, you know, your name, business name, your number, your address, all your business information, operating hours through that profile. And that will pop up when people search for your name on Google as well. So, you know, you've got your website, you're showing up on, on the main search engine result page of Google. You're now showing up on the right hand side through your Google My Business listing profile And then, of course, there's always the opportunity to pay for additional advertising on Google as well to show up right at the top. So in a perfect world, you're taking up as much real estate as possible on that first page of Google when somebody is searching for your business or for someone who does what you do. Outside of Google, there's also social media profiles, which are, again, available for free from Facebook, Instagram. So making sure your business has a presence on those social platforms as well is really important. And then I would say um, from a tracking point of view, one of my favorite tools is Google Analytics, which we can get into a little bit more later, but another free tool from Google, which is not known for giving out things for free often. But what Google Analytics does is it tracks all of your website traffic. So you can really understand where your website visitors are coming from, how long they're staying, what they're doing on your site, and really get a full holistic picture of of who's finding you and, and what they're doing on your site. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's such important information. And I, I'd say you've given a number of places where businesses can start, but really the very basic first conversation that any business owner or the executive leadership team within an organization to say is what online presence do we have? And if it's nothing, that's a little bit problematic, right? So it's really the first step is, is what online presence do we have? And then going from there, you've given a number of offerings, some that have, you know, a budget associated with it, but a number of them that you mentioned that are free uh, for businesses as certainly a starting point. So that's great. Mm -hmm. So. Sorry, can I jump in here for a sec? So Stacey, assume I know nothing, which is not far from the truth. (laughs) So if I, if my business, uh, I I hire you and I say, okay, uh, help me set up my uh, social media profiles on the various platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. Do you offer the service where you will make posts for me and stuff like that? Or how does that work? I do. Yeah. Um, so once your social platforms are set up and you've got a presence on those uh, various areas, we do offer a service where we can post regularly on your behalf. Uh, we have content writers who can write content on your behalf if you just don't have the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, almost as important as just having those platforms active for your business is updating them frequently and making sure the information on there is accurate and, you know, posted regularly. So your followers really know what to expect and can get a sense for what your business is about. You see, I think this is really important what you're, what you're saying, because most business owners, you know, if they, if, even if they know how to use the social media platforms to their advantage, 
they probably don't have the time or can't make the time to do that. And as I mean, you know, some of the basic rules of advertising is reach and frequency, right? You got to reach the right people and you have to be uh, consistent about reaching them over and over and over something that, you know, uh, takes discipline. And it's something that I know that I probably wouldn't be good at keeping it going. So uh, that's something that, that you, you would bring that discipline to me. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, business owners, you have a business to run. It's not your job to, uh, you know, write Facebook posts mm-hmm. <laughs> every other day. So we're def- that's a big part of our job. We're definitely happy to help out there. We understand that business owners have a lot on their plate and we're happy to take uh, that portion off for them. Okay. So really, sorry, did you want to say something else, Jim? Well, no, I was just going to ask other questions, but go ahead. I got lots. So go ahead, Candice. So okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, really, if we're walking a business owner through where to go and what to do, it's establishing what online presence do I have. The next step is then determining how do I go establishing that online mm-hmm. presence? And you know, you mentioned a number of different platforms. And so how does a business owner decide? Do I go full tilt in with Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Google Analytics and stuff? Or do I start small and gradually get there? So how does a business owner, once they've recognized why it's important to create an online presence, how does that happen? How do they do it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think starting small is great. Just having a website as a cornerstone, like I said, is step one. But the ways that customers find a business now has changed so much. So gone are the days when someone needs um, a moving company or an HVAC service and just goes to their phone book, flips open the page to the moving section and reads the first couple of names. Phone book, book, right? What's exactly. that? I haven't seen a phone book in years, let alone used one I've ever. <laughs> Jim knows all about phone books. Yeah. Hey, come on. Hey, hey. <laughs> Kidding. Tell us, Jim. Tell us about phone books. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stacey. But, um, but that did used to be how, how customers would find businesses, right? They'd go to the moving section, they'd flip open the book, and they, they'd read the first couple of company names and either call them or go to that location to get more information. If you ever notice companies named ABC Movers, A Plus HVAC Services, A1 Duct Cleaning, things like that, it's because that's how businesses used to be ranked in the phone book. It was right. all alphabetical. Right. They all named their businesses. <laughs> exactly. They right. named their businesses according True. to the alphabetical standards. Yeah. And some of those businesses are still around today. But that's just not the case anymore. I mean, people, they go to Google. They they go and search on Facebook, on Instagram. You have to be able, be sure that your business is being seen on multiple platforms and is visible on multiple platforms to really be able to stand out effectively from your competition. I mean, what I would say is, is start small. Start by claiming your Google My Business profile. Like I said, it's free. Um, it gives your business a really good presence on Google and when people are searching for you by name to get more information. Uh, claim your social media profile so people who are browsing around on there can find you on there as well. Both of those platforms have review capabilities too, which are so important for, for customers nowadays. Oh, reviews and just are expand huge. from there. Yeah. And you can do a lot of this stuff for free before you mm-hmm. even think about paying for advertising. Just establish your presence first, get your, your business out there, and then worry about advertising down the road. Okay. So speaking of advertising, help me understand what Google Ads is all about and pay-per-click. And how does that does, how would you distinguish that from SEO, search engine optimization? And then the third category, I guess, is social media ads. Like, how mm-hmm. does 
see, you know, demystify some of that for me. Sure. Yeah. So starting with Google ads and SEO. So they're both Google based um, or search engine based, I should say. And Google ads, you're, you're paying for a position on Google. So there's a four ad positions at the top of the page on Google and three ad positions at the bottom of the page on Google on every single page that you can bid on essentially. And, and the more you bid and the better your you know customer experience is and you know more high quality your campaign is and how effectively it's being run will all combine into how high you're showing up in the Google ad section. So you're paying for real estate. So you basically bid for it, right? Like they'll tell mm-hmm. you what the going rate is and you have to bid higher if you want to go up on the rankings and get on the first page. Yeah, I mean, Google doesn't really tell you. They've got their own kind of secret sauce in the background, but um, that's why partnering with a company like ours is really effective for a lot of local businesses because we have a really good partnership with Google. We kind of know how they operate, know how they work, know what they like to see and know how to to you know create the ads to be as effective as possible. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to say, before you answer the rest of Jim's question, just while we're on that point specifically, because there are some things that have a cost associated with it, how does a business accurately, to the best of their knowledge, if they haven't dabbled in anything like this before, set a budget for this type of advertising? Obviously, there's going to be an impact on how well the business is doing and financially what they can afford, but for it to actually be a value how do they go about, you know, setting a budget budget when there are a number of things that you've you've mentioned that are free? But I also know only because you and I have also worked together and you've taught me a lot over the years is budget will impact the geographic area, mm-hmm. the number of words that you can put on a file. There's so many different things associated with it. So if somebody's never done this before, how do they start? Is it based on employee size, competitors? Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, when you're a business owner and when you're you're looking at running Google ads for the first time, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. You know, it's yeah. who knows, really, right? Totally. Because they have yeah. they've, never, they've never done this before. They don't know totally. what it's going to take to have a good presence on Google to show up prominently to have an effect. So what we do is we take into consideration the search volume in the area that they're looking to, to target. So let's say they're wanting to target Ottawa for um, roofing services. So we take a look at how many impressions are available for that type of service in that geographic area each month and kind of work backwards from there based on what types of roofing services they want to include. Maybe they only want to do residential asphalt roofing. Maybe they want to focus more on commercial roofing and kind of work backwards from there based on how many impressions are available on Google and what the average cost per click for those keyword terms are, uh, taking those factors into account and then coming up with a budget from there. And even once your budget is established, um, it could change. I mean, search impression share changes all the time, especially for service businesses that are uh, seasonal based, like roofing. I mean, it's a little bit of a guessing game, even for us. We've got a pretty good idea of of what to expect on on Google and the other search engine platforms. But it's always an ongoing um, game as well to, to keep up with what's happening on Google Live and making sure that our campaigns are performing well and effectively at all times. Yeah. And I want business owners to know as well that this is a process that you're going to guide them through. And so it can seem daunting and overwhelming, but I know because we've, we've done it together that you'll give business owners a number of questions to answer 
who are your top competitors? What is the geographic area that you're you're looking to target the most? And you'll give them a list of making it up 10 questions. And based on those answers, you're going to help them figure out what the budget looks like and where they're going to get the most value. And so I didn't want business owners to think that this is going to be all on their plate. It really is a collaborative effort with you and someone within your industry to walk them through that process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many factors to consider and, uh, and everything, everyone is different. Every business is different. Every situation is different. Every budget is customized specifically for that business. You've been talking about Google and paid Google ad services. What about organic uh, searching and, and search engine optimization. How does that work and how can you help me there? Sure. So that's the other end of Google um, or search engines. So where SEO helps you rank is in the organic section of Google. So you're showing up below the map section on each Google result page um, as highly or as prominently as possible. And that's a bit of a, of a tougher game than, uh, than Google AdWords. You're not simply bidding for a position on the first page of Google or second page of Google. What you're doing is you're doing um, a couple of different things simultaneously on the website side of things to help your business rank higher. So things like optimizing and creating fresh content on your website, optimizing the technical sides of the website, so the coding on the back end, meta tags, image tags, links, things like that, making sure all of those are are updated accordingly and working properly. And also your online listings. So making sure that your business is listed consistently throughout the internet. So places like Google My Business, your Facebook profile, Apple Maps, TomTom, Yelp, all of these, you know, vast selection of online listings, making sure that your business name is consistent, your phone number is consistent, your address is consistent. Even little things like road spelt R-O-A-D, versus road spelt RD dot, Google can flag as being inconsistent. So it's mm-hmm. really, really important to be super hyper detailed on things like that, just to make sure that Google has no reason to rank you any lower for, for any of, of those categories. Wow. I had no idea. That's, yeah. that's really it's valuable. Crazy. Knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So tell us about social ads and how you deal with that. Sure. Yeah. So we do social media advertising on uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, kind of any social platform that's out there, Snapchat, TikTok, all the, all the ones the kids are using these days. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's a little different than Google. So what we do is we set an impression or um, a budget for those platforms and it's generally impression based. So it's less of a direct lead conversion like Google offers and more of a brand building in most cases for those platforms. Is there a fee for, for YouTube? I thought that was part of some of the free services. So YouTube, yes and no. You can run a YouTube ad campaign, but the types of ads that we typically run are if you if the user skips the ad within the first five seconds or just after the first five seconds, that impression is actually free. So yes, you're paying for a budget to support your YouTube campaign, but you're only actually paying if a user watches a certain percentage of that video. Okay. So you yes. got to get your message across in the first five seconds. Exactly. That's why it's so important to have your logo, yeah. your branding, all the imagery there in, in the first couple seconds of the video, just to make sure you get that impression on that user, even if they do skip as soon as they can. to Because I'm a chronic skipper. Watch. I have to tell yeah. you, oh, yeah. if I'm there looking for something specific and an ad comes on, 
Like I am a chronic skipper. So those Anthony's first five seconds. You. So <laughs> many free ad impressions. <laughs> so oh I, I'm gosh. the same way. This is really interesting because I'm the same yeah. way. We, uh, my wife and I cut the cable several years ago, so we don't have cable TV. We use YouTube for all yeah. of our uh, pull media, if you want. We choose what we're going to watch, news or whatever, and we take it off YouTube. But then, Candice, as you said, the the ads come up. My finger's on the button, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a skip ad. And as soon as it counts it down, four, three, two, one, <laughs> right? yeah. click. It's gone. Yeah, so it's got a gra- it has to, right? So that's really valuable information for both as a consumer and then as a business owner to know how to A, get the best bang for the buck and then how important it is really to capture somebody's attention. Five seconds is not a lot mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. And you reminded me of something there too on the smart TV side of things. So for our campaigns on average, about 40 to 50% of our YouTube ad impressions are now seen on smart TVs. You know, compared to mobile, wow. um, tablet, laptop, desktop. So 40%. it's pretty cool to think, yeah, 40 to 50%. So you're getting essentially a TV commercial for a wow. fraction of the cost. The cost could be on YouTube. Are, these are people like me who... Yeah. So, okay, this is interesting. This wow. is a good segue because you, you talk about how these different um, media, if you will... Um, are more appropriate for different types of industries. So for instance, Google ads might be more appropriate than SEO for a different type of company. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Google ads are very intention based. So someone is going to Google and they're saying, I need a company to fix my broken air conditioner. So they'll search air conditioner repair on Google and they want somebody at their house, you know, today, tomorrow, ASAP, it's 35 degrees. They're not, they're not happy. So, so they're going to Google. and Basically, it's whoever answers the phone gets the job, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. They're going to Google. They're finding the top three or four companies that pop mm-hmm. up there prominently. They're, they're maybe reading some reviews too. Um, and then they're calling those companies to see who can come out, you know, the most quickly. Whereas SEO, it tends to be more research-based. So maybe you're a parent looking for a new orthodontist for your child. You'll, you'll take your time with that decision. You're going to go to Google again first, mm-hmm. search for orthodontist near me, look at the first four or five results that pop up, but you're going to go to each of those websites. You're going to read the about me sections. You're going to read about each of the dentists. You're definitely going to read reviews to see what other mm-hmm. parents have to say about those businesses. So while both are important, there's certainly different, you know, budget Reasons. allocations we would make yeah. for those two. Yeah. There's different priorities for mm-hmm. different types of businesses like that. And then and what so about, when we're, sorry, what about social media ads? What kind of business would benefit from that then? Sure. Yeah. So for social ads, I mean, anybody really, but what we tend to say is a business looking to grow their, their brand presence in a certain area and whose services appeal to a large percentage of the population. So, for example, a new restaurant open, opening up in Canada. Um, the first time somebody sees their ad on Facebook or Instagram, they may have dinner plans already or they're busy. But if they see that ad multiple times over the course of a few weeks, chances are that restaurant will be in the back of their minds the next time they're wanting to go to dinner and treat themselves. That's the reach and frequency thing again. Yeah. Right? And that goes them. back. Yeah, and that goes back to part of the the basics. It's it's figuring out what online presence you have, what online presence you should have, and why you actually need online presence. So is the purpose to grow your business, to increase revenue? Is it to launch a new product or service? Is it mm-hmm. to 
attract specific employees and increase your headcount because recruitment is is challenging? Is it because your business is seasonal? And so it's really deciding to why am I trying to launch my online presence? There's obviously a ton of good reasons, but what's the specific reason that's going to you know, be most impactful to your business. And then from there, it's choosing, you know, and establishing what that presence is based on all the different options you've provided. Yeah. And I think that again, kind of comes back to the customer journey, just thinking about for your industry, for your business, what does that customer journey look like? So there's, you know, a a general rule that we always say, um, a person needs to see an ad or a brand at least seven times before taking action. So it's really important that your business is seen, like I said previously, on multiple platforms and is advertising on multiple platforms to really have the best shot at standing out against the competition. I mean, you look at, let's say you're looking to buy a new car. Let's say your car broke down and you need a new one in the next couple of weeks, not immediately, but you're thinking about it. You start by going to Google, you search for the type of car you're looking for. Let's say it's an SUV. You see a couple of ads for the top brands pop up. Hyundai, Honda, Ford, Subaru, you browse through these sites quickly to see what their SUV models look like, and you go to bed. The next morning you wake up, you check the weather network before work, and you see an ad for a Subaru Forester on the weather network. Nice looking car, you like the color, but you're getting ready for work so you don't click on the ad. Mm. Later that night, you're scrolling through Facebook, your Facebook feed, you see another ad promoting a 0% financing offer for a Subaru from one of the local dealerships right around the corner from you. You have some time, so you click on the ad, you read more about the offer, but you're tired and you don't really want to get into it right now. Mm -hmm. The next day, you're on YouTube. Let's say you're watching a video on YouTube about how to freeze tomatoes from your garden for the winter, something like that. Before your gardening video plays, you see an ad for the new 2022 Subaru Forester in a brand new color with new features you're interested in. Oh, it's nice and shiny and pretty. But you want to get your tomatoes in the freezer so you don't click on the ad and you skip it as soon as you can. And later that night, you're checking the score, your favorite team on the score app. You see another Subaru Forester ad. You have some time now. And you think back to that dealership offering the 0% financing near you. You go to Google. You search that dealership. Their Google My Business pops up. You read through their reviews. They have over 200 reviews and a 4.7 average. Great. You go to Google again go to their website, you book an appointment to talk to to somebody about a new forester the next day. Um, You know, just, just one example, but this example includes. So how many many touches was that before they decided to go? You said seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I was rambling, but I think it was six or seven. (laughs) But but um, it just shows you it's the retargeting. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about getting a pair of running shoes. I've looked at an ad and Oh, well, now this pair of Nike running shoes keeps following me everywhere I go. Yeah, exactly. okay. Exactly. But you know, what's, you know what's actually a little bit creepy is when your iPhone is sitting beside you and you have a conversation. This happens to us all the time. My wife and I, we have a conversation about something. And an hour later, ads start popping up for what we were just talking about. Oh, yeah. Go on that Norwegian cruise. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, we talk about getting a Subaru. We just bought a Subaru and we saw nothing but ads for Subaru after we. Yeah, same actually. That's why that example came into my mind. Yeah. (laughs) They're very good at advertising. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And at the start of my search, you know, I wasn't even looking for a Subaru. I was literally looking for an SUV. 
I didn't know what brand I wanted. I didn't know what model I wanted. And Subaru convinced me that I wanted a Forester. So just yeah. the power of advertising, I think is really cool. And they got me on three or four or five different platforms there. Now, you know what? It's important that you've shared the, the customer journey with us. And from the lens that once a business owner invests in increasing their social media presence or investing in digital marketing, it is interesting and important for them to know what the response is from the client or consumer perspective. So appreciate you taking some time mm-hmm. to kind of walk us through what a customer journey could look like. But I'd like to circle back and something you've touched on a couple of times and something Jim brought up earlier in the discussion, but we didn't really focus on it yet. And that is the importance of reviews. And so talk to us a little bit about why are reviews so important? Because I think everybody will say, oh yeah, reviews are important, but I'm not sure they actually understand the value add and why that they're actually so important and the, and the impacts it could have on their business. So if you wouldn't mind spending a couple minutes just talking us through that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're super important. There's not many things that are more important than reviews to, to a business in all honesty. And they're important from not only a customer point of view, but also from a Google point of view. So taking Google My Business, for example, the more reviews your business has on that platform and the more you've taken the time to go and reply to those reviews can actually give you an incremental lift on the SEO side of things too. So the more you're using Google's My Business platform, they're going to give you a bit of a boost on the search engine ranking side of things as well, which is great for something that's free. (laughs) And you're talking about just so people who aren't familiar with that lingo, when you say it's going to give you a boost and increase your rankings, you're talking about compared to their competitors. That's right. How high, let's say you're um, a car dealership. So how high you're showing up on the search engine results page when somebody searches... Subaru dealership near me, Subaru right. dealer, things like that. Yeah. And then from a customer point of view, highly, highly important. So let's say you're thinking about making a, a big investment in a new furnace for your home. So you've gone to Google, you've you've taken a look at the local HVAC companies near you, you've checked out websites for three or four of the top results. They, they all have really great websites. They've got really great information. Their pricing is very similar. Their warranties are similar. So you everything is more or less equal at that point. And then you go and look at your reviews and you see the first company has, you know, comments from customers saying that my warranty wasn't honored. Second company has reviews from customers saying, oh, it's really hard to get these guys on the phone. They didn't call me back. Third company has reviews saying, oh, you know, the salespeople were were a little bit short with me on the phone, for, for example. And not just one or two reviews, but consistently throughout the whole, mm-hmm. you know, their entire section of reviews. And the fourth company has, you know, 4.8 stars. They have a hundred reviews. They have glowing comments from people going back years and years. They have a lot of happy customers. They've taken the time to go and reply to all of those happy customers on Google My Business. I mean, I know which business I would choose out of those four. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know we won't spend a lot of time on it today. As a side note, Jim, maybe this is something, another podcast for another time, but how business owners can actually increase their reviews. Because part of it is, I know I need it. Maybe part of it was not fully understanding why I need Mm -hmm. positive reviews, which you just took us through. And then the third step is, well, how do I actually get my reviews increased? And how do I get all the employees on board? And and um, and there's a lot of really creative and innovative ways, and it's not difficult to do to increase your reviews, but it is something that has to be purposeful and intentional and 
every employee has to participate and can participate in that. So we'll, we, we won't spend a whole lot of time on that today. Um, but that is something that, that, uh, we should talk about Jim at some point for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and I would say, oh, sorry, just add one thing to that. I would say if yeah. people have a negative experience, they'll run to the review platforms. They'll run to Google and talk all about their negative experience. But if they have a positive experience, you don't really see those people, you know, as inclined to leave a review. So it's really, really important to reach out to all of your customers, especially your, your happiest customers and ask them. Um, you know, it's, it is more legwork. It is time consuming, but it is so important just to take a couple minutes a day, send them the link to your Google My Business. Um, I can even make a QR code if anybody is interested <laughs> for a direct link to, to the Google My Business profile and, and just make it as easy as possible for that customer yeah. who did enjoy working with you and your company to go and leave you a positive review because, you know, more often than not, people do really enjoy your services, but just aren't super inclined uh, to go and leave a review yeah. because they're busy and because of, you know, a hundred reasons, but asking is, is most of the battle. Yeah, you bet. And yeah, then I, what you do with those reviews too is super key. You can then take those reviews that are essentially testimonials. You can plug them into your website that you've already flagged as something every business should have and seeing those testimonials on a website, which are essentially stories and people's experiences with you, with your employees, with your business there isn't anything better. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to what Stacy's already mentioned as to why a company should have reviews, but then how you utilize them is also endless. There's a lot of opportunities. So I know this firsthand because uh, my wife and I, we rent our cottage occasionally and uh, we're on uh, vacation rentals by own of VRBO, the site, and they have reviews on the site. And we've been really fortunate. These are honest reviews. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Companies who po- that post fake reviews, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but these are actual uh, people who have stayed at our cottage and without even us asking, they've gone back and reviewed for us. But, um, and, and we've been so fortunate because they've all been five-star reviews and we've been doing it for more than 10 years now. But I know that that's important when people are trying to decide, because it's not an insignificant purchase to rent a cottage for a week. Uh, plus it's your, your holiday. You want to make sure it's going to be good. I know these reviews are really important. People read them and they take them to heart. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally hear what you're saying. So Stace, tell me something. We've been going through this really awful pandemic for almost, I mean, we're, we're, you know, in about three or four months, we'll be coming up on two years here. Um, I know that some businesses, it's kind of been a, they call it the K-shaped recovery. Some businesses did really poorly and other businesses actually did very well. Like Amazon's gone through the roof because we're all pointing and clicking and buying stuff online. What's it done for your business and how has it changed how your customers are doing business? Yeah, geez. Well, well, for online marketing in general, I think it's uh, it's been a good opportunity for us because a lot of business owners who either haven't needed to or haven't wanted to advertise their business online before COVID found out that that was the best way to reach new customers during COVID. And people weren't walking into their stores anymore. People weren't out and about. People were going online, doing all of their research online and having purchase decisions influenced online. So for us, it's, it's been busy and it's been great to help so many local businesses through that transition. For my customers, I mean, a lot of them have had to completely remodel how they operate. So a good example, I think, is, is a couple of caterers that I was working with. They, you know, typically would cater large corporate events, weddings, um, 
you know, pretty large scale events in Ottawa and the surrounding area. And they couldn't do that anymore. There were, there were no weddings. There were no corporate events. They just, you know, had their business kind of dry up overnight, really. So what they ended up doing was starting to sell groceries and ready-made meals and delivering to people's homes. That's a classic pivot. Super smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How genius is that? You already have all the wholesale um, food channels established. You have your relationships there. You still have the food coming in. <laughs> you have to fulfill your orders. I mean, at least during the first part of COVID anyway. So why not repurpose that and market it to people who maybe are, are hesitant to go to grocery stores during those times or just like the convenience of having ready-made meals delivered to their door. So I think businesses who were able to pivot like that and really come out the other side, you know, strong were the ones that really did the best during COVID. Hmm. Yeah, it really challenged the status quo. Uh, I don't know really many businesses that didn't have to make changes to their business model in some capacity. You know, the catering and the restaurant and the food industry was a great example that you gave. They were certainly a industry that was hit pretty hard and required a lot of creativity and innovation and to certainly diversify what they used to do to what they do today to be able to keep their doors open. And lots of businesses that relied on people walking into their showrooms to their stores to sort of touch and feel and look at products and buy had to be able to survive by doing it online where people like to see things up close and personal. And now we didn't have the option to do that. So how you advertise and what your online presence would have made or broken, you know, how, how busy and how people, you know, viewed your, your products and services. So I can certainly appreciate how the online business advertising and digital marketing would have been impacted probably positively. You were probably in a pretty good industry through COVID, but the importance that your role and your company's role would have had on helping businesses stay afloat and remain being successful throughout the last year and a half. And I would bet also, and I'd love for you to share with Jim and I and our listener, Stacey, that as we're hopefully getting towards the end of the pandemic and we're figuring out what the new normal is going to end up looking like. Are businesses going to go back to how they advertised two years ago? Do you think that they've adjusted and they prefer what the current models look like? Yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, they've adjusted and they prefer the online advertising for a lot of different reasons. I mean, it is highly effective. It allows them to get more bang for their buck compared to a lot of traditional media sources. And also everything is tracked. So they know exactly where each dollar is going. They know how much is going to Google, what the return is, Facebook, what the return is, you know, how many calls are coming in, how many of those were quality calls. So it gives them a a lot of really good transparency on that side of things as to how their marketing budget is being spent and what return they're getting. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, because I I forgot into as well. But it is important for business owners to know that if they're investing in a process of online presence and digital marketing, that there's some really clear, specific ways to measure the success of the advertising budget, as well as very specific timelines that have been put in place by you and your team to do something like that. So you're able to pivot and tweak if something is you know, not going the way you intended or a campaign or or or, um, you know, retargeting campaign, whatever, isn't working in the way. There's lots of reports that Stacy and her team uh, supplies on a monthly basis. I can say that we meet on a monthly basis to discuss 
how the client's business is going, what's working, what's not working, what changes we need to make. We get a very, very thorough and robust reporting package that talks about all the different um, campaigns and platforms that Stacy spoke about. So for a new business owner who hasn't dabbled in this space before, you get a lot of information that helps guide you through the process and also keeps you honest and accountable as to what's working and not working. And is this the best spend for your buck? Um, and even if it's if it, you're not using some of the, the budgeting ones and it's free, are you utilizing the right free platforms? Because it's still time and energy that you're investing, even if it's not necessarily dollars that are going into it. So there is a lot of partnering and collaboration. It's not throwing the business owner in on their own. And I think that's important because it is new for a lot of people. Stacey, this has really been great. Listen, if, if our listeners want to learn more and reach out to you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn under Stacy Hull, and uh, my email address is stacy.hull at reachlocal.com. Yeah, and we'll just let folks know Stacy is S T A C E Y, just because there are a couple versions in that yes. Hull, H U L L. But you know what? As, as always, if anybody is trying to get in touch or reach out to Stacy, and for whatever reason you're having a hard time connecting or finding her, please feel free to reach out directly to either Jim or myself and just let us know that you'd like to be connected with Stacy, and we'll absolutely make the introduction and make sure that you guys get connected directly to her. Yeah. And you can find Candice and me on LinkedIn pretty easily, I think is probably the best way. Yeah. Perfect. Well, you know what, Stacy, I can't say thank you enough on behalf of Jim and I. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast. We really, really appreciate the generosity of your time to be here today and to share a little bit about digital marketing and social media for small to medium-sized business owners and appreciating that we could have probably talked for another seven hours because there's a ton of content Um, that we didn't have the opportunity to cover. And that's why we'll encourage people to reach out to you directly, but really appreciate what we were able to cover today. And and hopefully our listeners found it as much of a value add as as both Jim and I did. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was so much fun. Yeah, you took what could have been a very complex topic and and demystified it for me. So thanks for that, Stace. Of course, yeah. Okay. Well, Well, (laughs) Jim... Oh my God, this is what happens, Stacey, when we don't see each other for a month. A month. We get all giddy. Anyways, well, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure to, you know, start this new journey again a month later with you, Jim, and yeah. look forward to one day being able to record and, and meet in person again. But this isn't going to stop us. We've adapted. Yeah. We all business owners have had to. So until then, I'm Jim Cummings. And I'm Candy Sextine. And you've been listening to The Business Tune-Up. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Business Tune-Up Podcast with Candice and Jim. Got a question about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Connect with Candice or Jim through LinkedIn and send them a message. Thanks for listening. And until next time on The Business Tune-Up, continue to find your spark.